This, this is the Australian Mobile DJ Podcast. In this series, we'll talk to them, get to know them and learn from them. And here's your host, DJ Bevo. Hey, this time we're going a little bit further south and we are right on the New South Wales Victorian border. Albury Wodonga is the town. We're catching up with Michael Banovic, affectionately known as Mimo. He works at uh, Bowen's Entertainment and he joins me uh, down the line at the moment. Hello, Mimo. How are you? Uh, yes, it is Mimo. Yes, I am known as, officially as Mimo. Uh, but Michael is my true name. But uh, you've got to have a stage name these days. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course, uh, let's, let's go back to where the name originated from. Hmm. That's a long story, being that this year is... Well, 25 years that I've celebrating working for the one company. Um, uh, gosh, where do I start? Uh, some years ago, uh, a good deal of us DJs in, in our organisation, there was anywhere from 13, 14, 15 at the time, we were uh, uh, executing various events from nightclubs to mobile DJs, weddings and so forth. And we did some uh, training, some development training on... Uh, uh, you know how to develop your personality and be that 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 front guy. You know to be out there and recognised. And so uh, Steve had hired this uh, well personality trainer, DJ extraordinaire, someone who runs clubs and pubs and the like. And he was telling us his experiences. And one of the things he said was, "You've got to have a name. You've got to have a recognisable, memorable name. Your original name might be just fine." You, you're, you're a name in the crowd basically and you'll get forgotten so we took turns and we brainstormed each other and uh, one guy was uh, his his name was glenn but uh, he had a very big grin on his face and uh, and i'm not sure if the listeners might actually know but there's the osmond family dating back in the 70s um and they had, they were known for their wide grins on their face so you know we coined the name DJ Donny or Donny Osmond, and uh, that's how he got Glenn and became DJ Donny. Well, they looked at me, and I was, well, how can I put this lightly? The only one with an ethnic background in the group, uh, being of, of a Croatian descent, and, uh, well, you may remember a show called Acropolis Now. Oh, yes. And there was a character in there called Mimo, mm-hmm. right, the rather flamboyant, out there sort of uh, character. Well, they looked at me, and... And I was nicknamed Mimo, although <laughs> although it's spelt differently. It's not M I double M O. It's yep. M I M O. So I have my own unique version. Twenty five years, hey, that's how long you've had the the nickname for now. And um, congratulations, Mimo, for um being in the industry for that long and with the one company too. Well, yes, it's uh, it's. Uh it's well gosh I, I haven't really talked to anybody about this to great extent but um when referred to in the dj industry especially somebody working for the same employer it's almost been i mean well i've been told i've got a lifespan most djs tend to move on after x amount of years or get other jobs well i've been with this one organization for 25 years and proudly so um he's not only my my boss my friend my mentor um He's one of the closest uh, persons in my life and uh, I would do anything for him and his business and even his family. And it's given me so much joy and entertainment over the years and I really do enjoy doing what I do for my clients. That's uh, that's beautiful. 
well well said, Vivo. Talk, uh, of course, talking about Steve Bowen there, um, the man, the legend that is Steve Bowen that runs uh, Bowen's Entertainment. How did you meet Steve for the first time? Do you recall that moment? Oh, gosh. Well, Steve is uh, synonymous with entertainment in our region and uh, has done many uh, school disco, uh, even my... Oh gosh, I dare say my uh, my later high school days. Oh yes. Um, well, one one particular event he was doing was a good friend of mine's eighteenth um, birthday, and uh, and I had attended this birthday party. Well, Steve had for some reason not brought a set of headphones, and I was dabbling in some parties and DJing on the side with some very very crude equipment and uh, earning a little bit of coin on the side, but not much. And uh, I recall he hadn't had any headphones, so I said, look, I'll, I just live around the corner. I'll, I'll duck around. I've got some DJ gear and I've got a pair of headphones for you. And then we started conversing and he said, here's my business card. It was a Saturday evening event, I think it was. Come see me on Monday. So I gave him a call and had a meeting. And I think that was, oh gosh, that was a Monday. And I think within a week or so, I did my first event and got my first feedback and it was a partial negative, so what, well, what else are you going to do when you're learning? And I changed. I changed the way I did things and improved, and that was 1995. Wow. Do you remember what sort of equipment you were using back then? Oh, I didn't even set it up. That was it. See, I had no knowledge of the equipment. I knew how to use my own equipment, but and, and Steve was going to organise another DJ to set up for me. All I had to do was bring my CDs. And yes, I just started on CDs. I didn't be, I wasn't a vinyl DJ, uh, and brought my one or two shoeboxes of CDs. So one of the things I learned from a very, very onset was, you never can have enough music. And uh, I remember being asked for requests at this particular twenty-first birthday party, and I couldn't achieve those requests. So I, I got a fairly negative feedback. So yes, what does any DJ do? You run out and you buy hundreds of dollars and thousands of dollars, end up becoming thousands of dollars worth of music, and you bring crates upon crates upon crates of CDs. But it was definitely an eye-opening experience, learning, basically being thrown into the deep end of how to work an event. Playing music, there's more to DJing uh, than just playing music, isn't there? Obviously, it's um, connecting with the crowd. Um, what other elements do you like to put into your live shows? Well, I, after 25 years, I actually do not consider myself as a DJ. But wow. somebody, no, no, when they, when they say, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm an entertainer. And then, well, that goes different ways as well. But uh, I... I broadly put myself into the category of a DJ because I do play music. In its simplest of essences, it is music playing. But because I consider myself a master of ceremonies, an MC, a coordinator, someone who assists not only function people, but families and couples and birthday people and corporate events, I'm very much integrated into the running of the entire event, not just playing music. Uh, and one example, when I do have a client meeting with a potential wedding client, which, oh gosh, I would say almost averages an hour and a half to two hours on the initial meeting, I may spend 10, 15 minutes talking about music. To me, the music is not the most vital component of my events. Uh, it's uh, definitely the event as a whole, not just music. 
Yeah, it's quite incredible. Um, people think DJs just stand there, play music and pack up and go home. But um, there's a lot of people like yourself out there that are going above and beyond to make uh, the experience more entertainment based than, than just what's coming out of the speakers. Oh, of course. And, and don't get me wrong, I still throw out the odd request and I'll get out there and dance with them too. But nothing gives me greater pleasure to watch people enjoy themselves, to dance, to, to get out of their seats, to get... Nana up out of her seat and having a bit of a dance is, is just music to my eyes, really. I want to make sure every bum is not on that seat and up there on the dance floor. Um, but to get to that point, I want to make sure that, say, for example, at a wedding, there are certain elements have to be uh, played out first. You, everything's got a sequence, uh, uh, which, again, I go into greater detail with my clients. When it comes to um, going above and beyond, I noticed that you do a lot of photography. Um, how do you incorporate that into your events? So I started some time ago, and with the software that we use, it actually can um, provide a slideshow. Uh, so it integrates uh, within the software. It's called OTS AV, uh, which proudly is an Australian Australian company. Um I still use that. I do dabble in other software as well, virtual DJ being one of them. Um, this, what happened was I started taking photographs and then I started sending them. So I'd have a simple little camera, just the odd snap here and there, nothing too fancy. Uh, and clients really appreciated these odd extra photographs that they weren't getting from guests and they weren't definitely not getting from their professional photographers because, again, some photographers tend to finish at certain times or they work only certain hours and they may miss that very end of the night when you've got those fun dance moments or you're throwing that bouquet or garter or those hugs and kisses in a finale circle for example um well it sort of spurred me to go further into my photography to capture these moments now how do i do that well i'm very lucky that now i use computer-based music and 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 software control so i do allow a computer to do a lot of the work while i step out onto that dance floor and interact with people as much as possible. And if I have to get in their face with a camera, they let me do it. How does the uh, wedding photographer usually respond when they see you out there taking photos if they're around at the same time? Do do they feel like they're um, having you step on their toes a little bit? We're quite lucky that in this area we have a very niche wedding market uh, and event market and we've established ourselves as uh, professionals so we communicate with every photographer now keeping in mind i do travel far and wide to do events as well and when i do i introduce myself to the photographer videographer and every professional that is involved in an event and say look i'm just taking the odd happy snap here or there just a quick little photograph i'm not going to get in your way in any way shape or form nor shoot over your shoulder i don't want to recreate your photo um, but i'm here to support you where i can and then they know they know where their boundary is they know where my i know where my boundary is and we communicate and that's the key to working together for the mutual uh, uh, successfulness of an event absolutely it sounds like a great idea and um i know from uh, your presentation that you did at uh, beat mix a few years back that a lot of people are incorporating that now into their own um uh events uh i know um a guy by the name Oh, what's Paul, Paul... Paul Collier? Collier, that's right. He's, yep. he's doing a, a similar sort of thing now, mm. taking photos at events and playing well, them on the big screen. 
Absolutely. I mean, again, being able to display them on various screens or projectors that are included in function venues or I bring my own screens, simple, portable, small, but you don't want to show pictures from a distance. You want people to come closer. Yeah. And they come closer to you and they look at the screens and they go, wow, that's from the uh, ceremony earlier today. How can I get a copy of that? And I say, I'll send it to the couple and you can ask them. Yeah, good idea. So... But what this allows me by connecting with people, not only as a DJ, as an MC, as a coordinator, but also as a group photographer. But I don't like to focus on groups. Yep. I'll go up to a random couple sitting at a table and I'll say, hey, you guys, how you going? Good. Do you want to put your arm around that person? Well, we just met. Uh, well, you know, do it anyway. <laughs> and you'd be surprised. The most random of people that haven't met each other will now be hugging and kissing. And I'm not talking just – yeah, I'm talking anybody, really. And they will – band themselves together for a nice little photograph and I've gone one step further in recent uh, year or so I uh, take a small little it's a little Canon selfie printer it prints like little six by four uh, photographs really simple really quick and uh, well what I do is I go get the bride perhaps and maybe a grandparent and I take a photo of them Nice photo. And I immediately, within a few minutes, take it back, plug it into a tiny little printer, get those simple little picture frames. You know those cheap frames from Target, Kmart, yeah. all those little places? Little, yeah. You know, five, four or five bucks, something nice but simple. And then I put that photograph immediately into a frame. Oh, wow. And then I, and then I give it, I present it to that grandparent. I said, here's a little keepsake for you. Because you think... Well, you know, I, I tend to think about all age groups and you can imagine that a lot of the uh, older generations may not be so computer savvy. They like a good photo and a photo frame and they, yep. or a mantelpiece or hang it on the wall. Well, I want them to go away that night with a keepsake immediately. I don't want them to wait. So I give them a simple little photo and trust me, it is the simplest and most effective thing you can do to win the hearts of an entire family and and the clients and just about everybody that's there yeah i was just uh, gonna ask what sort of reactions do you get when oh, you do that amazing tears joy happiness gratitude wow. everything that that a professional wants from not only being paid to be a professional but just to make you feel good about what you're doing and something as simple as a photograph a printout and a cheap photo frame you will win the hearts of an entire event yeah, something that comes to mind is um, being able to not only make the couple's day, but also make the guest's day as well. And it makes it memorable doing little things like that that really go a long way. Of course, yes. Uh, that's just it. We win a lot of our, our continual work from uh, word of mouth. I mean, uh, advertising is a wonderful thing, don't get me wrong. But word of mouth is more powerful and it's considerably more free too. So uh, I'm doing several clients' Weddings that have been at a wedding that I'd done years before. Even I've got a client coming up for Kyala, which is a little bit closer to Shepparton, purely on the suggestion by the function owners, the function venue owners. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it's that kind of word of mouth. Here, try this guy. He was fantastic at this, this Italian wedding, and they've got an Italian wedding. So when you're talking 250, 300 guests, well, that's something to... Uh, you know, when word of mouth travels and they say you're a good DJ and you can handle that kind of crowd, well, continue to get more work is, is always going to be there. Yes, definitely smart thinking. You are right on the border there between New South Wales and Victoria. 
Geez, you must have some challenges at the moment with um, border restrictions and COVID-19 lockdowns. Well, that is true. And as of midnight tonight, our existing permits uh, expire and a specialised permit must be uh, uh, enrolled for, if you can put it that way, which uh, clearly states that you're crossing the border for certain reasons. Now, mine being that I have another job as well, I ha- I can now cross the border for work-related reasons. This is a job that I cannot do at home. Yep. Um, but there are a lot of people locally that are finding it difficult and uh, it's not easy. Uh, COVID has definitely impacted our way of life, specifically border-related, which I believe is the same in Queensland, New South Wales, but we're experiencing this very same phenomena here in New South Wales and Victoria. So how's it affecting you in, in terms of like guest numbers and um, being able to just basically play music and have people dance? Uh, are you allowed to do that or not? Well, that's just it. Being that we're well and truly within a, a winter environment, there's been next to no uh, events that we've been a part of. Uh, the major events that I was uh, booked for and, and had planned for a good 12 to 16 months, I recall at the beginning of the COVID crisis, I had actually... Um, that very weekend when they announced that weddings were going to be cancelled, I contacted my client. Their their wedding was a week later, uh, the Sunday, actually, I recall, and their wedding was the next Saturday. I called the groom-to-be and I said, mate, did you hear what happened? If you called the missus, they're likely to cancel weddings. And he didn't know. He hadn't realised he was returning from his Bucks fishing weekend. So that event postponed to October of this year but even now that's being postponed to next year. Wow. So it's cascading. The, the the events that have moved from March this year to September, October this year are now cascading into next year. Yeah. Makes it a headache for all involved, that's for sure. And, you know, we can only do so much as DJs. Well, to, um, I, but I feel, I feel for the function venues. I feel for the providers that we've worked so closely with to build a strong wedding community and function uh, community. Uh, everyone is feeling this, this from a business perspective. Uh, and there's so many destination location weddings in this region. Um, yeah, it's definitely been difficult. So Bowen's Entertainment, you've been there for 25 years now. How do we uh, find out more about um, Steve's company? Well, Bowen's Entertainment is on Facebook, of course, as well as our our website, um, www.bowensentertainment.com.au. You can find us there. You can make inquiries as well. Um, Don't hesitate. Give us a chat uh, through Facebook as well. There's so many options. Look. We're always happy to have a chat. Uh, no obligations, of course. I mean, I've, I've, I've dealt with several clients that may not have gone ahead with us, but I'm just happy to sit with them to help them plan because uh, a lot of new wedding couples don't know what they're getting themselves into. Michael Mimo Banovic, thank you for joining us on the Australian Mobile DJ podcast. Thank you so much. You too can find out more about the podcast by going to the website, which is the Australian DJ.com.au. We'll see you next time. The Australian Mobile DJ podcast was hosted by DJ Bevo and produced by Matt Fulton Productions.